0: Hello, my high vibing friends. I'm so excited you're here. And as always, have an amazing guest to introduce. Today we're going to be chatting with Norjan Tort. After unexpectedly making it into the semifinals of the 2022 Sports Illustrated Swim Search competition, Norjahan Tort has made it her mission to get women excited about the prospect of falling on their faces over and over if it means they are making their one life on this earth count. She believed that becoming a sports illustrated model would represent the culmination of a lifetime spent searching for her true identity, but the experience helped her realize that her childhood dream was not only to be a cover model, but also a role model, one who empowers ladies to show the world every side from every angle unapologetically. Amidst the multitude of societal pressures put on women to conform, she wants to reassure her fellow females that living the life you painstakingly cultivated for yourself is worth even the worst of days, the worst of moments. Because wouldn't you rather stumble living life than squander it standing still? Nora Jahan is currently a group senior vice president brand strategist at a healthcare advertising agency, Area 23. Prior to working in advertising, she was a US brand marketer at Pfizer and a healthcare consultant at PWC. She holds an MBA from Columbia University and an MPH from UCLA. She has a passion for storytelling that is universal and believes that this can be done if we all lead with empathy. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, your bio is very impressive. My goodness. The <laughs> degrees, the Sports Illustrated, all of those things. How incredible. So I'd love for you to just start by sharing how you got to doing what you're doing today. I, I mean, I think it's covered in that bio. It's <laughs> it, it, <laughs> um no, it's um, but I think
1: being here with you today is really a culmination of all of that. Um, I always say that. I think after a certain point, I tell. Like I I was just having brunch yesterday with um my uh, little cousin sister, and she's she's about to turn twenty five, mm-hmm. and you know she's got all of these um concerns about her career and about her life and her friendships and and where she is in life and already thinking about how she needs to reevaluate choices and things like that, and instead of telling her you know, it gets better. I had to hold myself back Mm -hmm. because I remember being that age and also feeling like, am I making the right choices? I have no idea what direction I'm going in right now. I'm kind of flowing with each day that I wake up and think about um, what I need to get done. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but she has to go through that. Mm -hmm. And only now at almost 40, I can look back and I can connect all the dots and Mm -hmm. see that every choice I made, whether it was intentional or unintentional is you know, kind of has led to this point of me being the storyteller or at least mm-hmm. trying to be a storyteller mm-hmm. and wanting to share my path or my journey with others
0: um, like I'm doing with you. I love that. You know, I think it's so beautiful because I think that what really attracted me to having you on the podcast is kind of that beautiful shift from you went from cover model and role model. Right. So we kind of like, we all have this idea of if we have, you know, the perfect body or we get to that place, then we've got it all. And I think that we don't necessarily realize that we do kind of on that, you know, conscious level, but we're not thinking about it, um, that there's so much more. Right. And there's so many more pieces that are to our identity. And I think, think when you were, when I read that piece of like, you're looking for your true identity, I was like, Okay, cool. She's put it, she's like putting this together and really exactly like you're talking about putting all those dots together in kind of your journey. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. They,
1: well, thanks. And I think we all do it. I think we just don't sit and realize that every shift or every change in a career or change in relationship is Us continuing to search for our identity. Mm -hmm. And I think we all do it subconsciously. So thank you for saying it's impressive, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'm unique. I don't think, I think you're doing it. I think we're all doing that.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I have that conversation with a lot of my clients now in counseling about kind of this idea of how we have so many different pieces of our identity, right? Like we invest so much, specifically in the United States, a lot of it is more in our career. And so we become. Like, you know, I said, mine's a counseling. So I become the counselor, only the counselor. But then I come home and I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm all these other things. So it's really kind of interesting to start to understand this, these diverse pieces of our identity and who they really make up as us uniquely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just, it was a, a it was like, like a, a meme that I, when I was doing scrolling on social media yeah. Um, and it talked about, but it was a, it was a good meme. It was, it said, you know, um, when I ask you who you are, I don't want you to tell me what you do for a living. I want mm-hmm. you to tell me a story that made your heart smile, right? Like that's who you are. And I, and I, I love that. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, like we, we default to, oh, this is what I do for a living, or this is who i married to, or, you know, this mm-hmm. is who my family is. And I, I don't, I know, and I don't mean that we default in a bad way. I think mm-hmm. that, um, maybe in our careers if we don't define ourselves by our careers especially maybe in america mm-hmm. then we feel like oh are we not as competitive as the next person are we mm-hmm. not as tenacious as the next person or as our colleague or as the new guy because we're not defining ourselves by our career so we feel mm-hmm. sometimes compelled to do that um or you know you like i remember be moving to New York City and there was this big craze this is the thing that popped into my head Caitlin. there was this <laughs> big craze for like like fitness boutique studios and mm-hmm. everyone was going to these fitness boutique studios and that was the thing to do and suddenly I felt like I had to define who I was by what workout classes I took or what mm-hmm. kind of workouts I did um so I you know I, I think we we do that um because we're trying to fit into different social settings I don't I don't know mm-hmm. uh, but I think our identity is um, it should be fluid. Um, Mm. because one day I'm identifying as, I mean, like it's as simple as this, right? Like today I'm wearing my New York hat. Yesterday I was wearing my LA hat. Like, I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it should, it's okay. If it's, if it's fluid, as long as you Mm. know who you are in that moment, Mm. I think that's really important. Um, who you were yesterday is not who you are today. And as long as you're aware of that, who the F cares if Mm -hmm. someone's like, well, Yeah, absolutely. You you know, like Mm -hmm. people might think you don't have it figured out. What she went from Sports Illustrated, now she's on this podcast. Now she's gonna go work in advertising. Who cares? As long as you know that you're changing and evolving, then Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter.
0: I love that. So I want to ask, how does storytelling come into this? I kind of you started. We're going down that path, but you know, it's you said at the end of your bio, like you feel like storytelling is kind of who you are and part of that identity. Like we're talking about. So tell me how that kind of fits in. I think it's because. I
1: mean, even in writing that bio, that's telling my story up until this point. And then mm-hmm. in the, you know, um like I remember um when I was applying for colleges, mm-hmm. right? The 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 essay portion of mm-hmm. our college application was the You know, most fulfilling part for me, Mm -hmm. and um, trying to tell stories that matter, so that whoever's reading it could understand who I was as a person and what my interests were, and stitching Mm -hmm. that, stitching all of those together. And then I remember when it was time to apply for business school, and the advice I got was that okay, up until this point, the schooling you've had, the career you've had, tell a story that makes these admission um, counselors understand why you should be coming to business school. It can't just be Mm -hmm. your resume. Like what's your story? What is Mm -hmm. it? And that always stuck with me, um, that, you know, everyone can, can turn their experiences into a story and Mm -hmm. people enjoy listening to stories. We Mm -hmm. don't enjoy listening to people read their resumes. Right. So I think that is also how I think of, um, my career, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm in advertising and we, um, we tell stories with these creative mm-hmm. campaigns that we're building but also when we are trying to win new clients and win new business we're pitching and a pitch mm-hmm. is essentially a story that we're telling um and then even in the sports illustrated competition you know who you are and how those editors get to know you it's the story that's unfolding over these months of them getting to know you and then you know, having had the opportunity to make it to those semifinals, you're in this interview and you have such a short amount of time with with the editor-in-chief and the team and you got to tell your story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what questions are coming at me, but mm-hmm. then all of a sudden my my training from being in corporate America and going into interviews and knowing that we were always told, have like four or five stories in your back pocket. And somehow Mm -hmm. you can fit those into whatever question they ask. Mm -hmm. If you know your four or five stories, which are kind of like your examples of what you did, or you know, tell me a time you brought a team together, or you have four or five examples, it doesn't matter what question someone asks you, find a way to fit that in. Mm -hmm. And then I use that kind of same training when I'm going into the sports illustrated interview. Mm-hmm. Um and then that lends me here because I don't know what we're talking about in these podcasts. If we, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know where the conversations are going, but um having some thoughts that you mm-hmm. want to share and can you share them as a story? That's I think that's where the storytelling fits in. And mm-hmm. um and 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 I like to write stories. I, I, I'm a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. I like I like to write scripts and you know biopics and TV pilots and coming up with fiction stories that are inspired by my life or my friends' lives or anything. So
0: that's beautiful. You know, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I love hearing you bring all these different pieces in of like, yeah, I'm a script writer and yeah, I did the sports illustrated because I think, again, like you even called it out, right? Of like, how are people gonna think oh sports illustrated to all of a sudden to now advertising, like what is she doing? But I think that By you embracing all these different pieces and bringing that to light, it almost gives permission for people to do the same, right? Because we sit back and it's like, okay, in this section, this part of me is accepted. And in this setting, this part of me is accepted instead of really seeing, Hey, we're fully together. And I think the other piece of that storytelling part in your bio, it talked about how we can all do this with empathy and man, empathy, what a loaded concept, right? (laughs) It's something we talk about a lot but it's not actually super mainstream in how we move forward in the world. Do you agree with that?
1: 1000%. I thank you for saying that. It's mm-hmm. like we talk about empathy, we talk about leading with empathy, but I think empathy is one of the most ironic <laughs> um notions. Mm -hmm. How can I be empath? Empathy literally means like walking in someone else's shoes and understanding what they're going through. That's impossible for all of us because I will never be you and you will never be me. Mm -hmm. So we're literally asking someone, please show that person empathy, Mm -hmm. but how, how is that person going to assume that other person's life? And so it's if you really sit back and think about it, I, I have done this mm-hmm. a lot. I'm like, I don't, that's a really tall order and a big ask that we're asking of people. So Absolutely. I think we also have to give one another grace and mm-hmm. realize that empathy is not always that easy to extend because mm-hmm. I don't live anyone else's life but my own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why I love storytelling. Because mm-hmm. for me, I think the the closest way I can maybe get someone to understand my life or understand my choices if I can share a story with them that resonates with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, right. Like I, I think that's like, that's what they always say. I mean, I mentioned about script writing, but you know, if you, if you listen to producers talk about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, scripts that they decide to turn into movies or that they feel so compelled and passionate about supporting or financing, a lot of them always talk about this idea that I can relate to this character. Mm-hmm. And if I can relate to this character who is a different background, different race, different gender, different sexuality, mm-hmm. different anything for me, but I can relate to them, that means a, maybe a more wide mainstream audience can relate to that character. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of storytelling, that we're somehow bringing out empathy in others. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why it's important because it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. for me to know what you've been through. You can tell me, but how you tell me can maybe help me think of a time in my life where, okay, I, I get what Caitlin's going through mm-hmm. uh, because of the way she expressed it. It triggered something that reminded me of something that was maybe similar. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think I think we, we were so harsh when people are not showing empathy, but I think we have to show grace also mm-hmm. when people are having a hard time showing empathy um, mm-hmm. because it's a hard concept.
0: It is. Yeah. I mean, I think that exactly what you're talking about when you relate to people with that storytelling, you're finding that way to connect. And I think we kind of confuse the idea of connection with empathy. Cause I, I mean, like, as I'm listening to you talk, right? Like I think every single one of us can think of a time in our life where we felt like somebody didn't understand or somebody couldn't walk in our shoes or fully yeah. embrace that. And I, I mean, I, to be honest, like one of the biggest ones that I face is um, I work with clients that are struggling with substance abuse and I don't personally have a history, but I'm a substance abuse counselor. Mm-hmm. So how am I supposed to stand there and sit with my client and hold that space? And I have a lot of clients that'll challenge that and they'll be like, you don't understand. And my yeah. kind of response to that is that piece of, but when you sit there and you tell me you're sharing a trauma or a hard time, and every single one of us has shared a trauma or a hard time, right? So I don't have to actually walk in your shoes to hold that space of compassion and connection and be able to support you and move forward kind of how you're wanting to. So I think that it's, I love that you're calling that out and actually sharing, like, there's a lot more grace in that space of, I don't have to walk in your shoes to be able to walk alongside you in a space of compassion and connection. And
1: I love what you said. I don't have to walk in your shoes to be able to connect with you. Mm -hmm. You yeah. said that distinction between empathy and connection. and I think that's so true, you know? um uh, because what may have triggered someone's um bad habits or someone's mm-hmm. substance abuse what that trigger that could be a trigger that you connect with like mm-hmm. talks like toxic people in your lives mm-hmm. um, like negativity or um you know complicated family dynamics and then suddenly you realize oh i've had that too mm-hmm. w- what i did as a result may be different than what this person chose to do sure. but i understand the source of it now because mm-hmm. you told me your story so yeah, yeah i think that's really i think that is really beautiful and i love that i think you know yeah maybe it's like we don't always have to walk in other shoes but can we walk alongside them and mm-hmm. um and so that we're we stop putting, you know, there sh- we need to remove this like self righteous attitude about empathy and mm-hmm. and and maybe be a little bit more empathetic about empathy and how it's a hard, <laughs> exactly it's a hard concept.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think too, you know, like I think one of the challenges with empathy sometimes, like. I'm curious if you experienced this just thinking about more of the Sports Illustrated because, right, there's kind of two different ways that I think of Sports Illustrated, right? It's like beautiful women's empowerment. And then it's also, if you're kind of in that wounded space, a little bit of that jealousy, right? Of like, ooh, okay, that that woman has, you know, a prettier body or different aspects than me, right? So there's kind of Mm -hmm. these two different aspects that I think women come at it in society, which is really challenging. But I'm curious if you have experienced times where you felt like, because you were in that kind of sports illustrated space that there was not that empathy space because again, of like being more focused on the physical aspects rather than what's internal. Does that that's, make sense? Okay, yes.
1: Okay. And I think to answer your question, you know, sharing a little bit more that I I, I feel um, the and I can understand how outwardly it seems like it's such a physical. It's the mm-hmm. the um the the Sports Illustrated world and the swimsuit search is is such a heavy. There's such a heavy focus on the physical aspect, mm-hmm. um, and I can understand that absolutely from outwardly because that's also what I knew growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the search competition. It literally is months of these editors trying to get to know these women before they wow. select who's gonna move forward. And so it becomes so much more than what you physically look like. Mm. And I I think it becomes more about what do you physically feel? And mm. so if you feel really lousy about yourself mm-hmm. and you are, you know, this um you look like a gorgeous, perfect, you know, you look like you have Barbie's figure. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you feel lousy, that person might not make it through to the next cup, the next rounds or the finals, because mm-hmm. I think that the team behind the Sports Illustrated Search is really trying to get to know the women as women. And mm-hmm. so if you feel fantastic in that part point in life, no matter what, you know, size you were two years ago, or no matter, you know, what traumas happened or anything, mm-hmm. but if you just feel fantastic and they they can like sense that, those are the women that I see like advancing and and having mm-hmm. great careers with them. Um so I think that it's almost as if the women who are focused too much on the physical mm-hmm. and if there's that sense of then com- that kind of um comparativeness mm-hmm. and jealousy that, that that this competition they don't end up getting as far. Um mm-hmm. From, from what I've seen, mm-hmm. but um, the place of like empathy where, okay, and you know, I call it, um, it's almost like it's a competition, but if you are so focused on being comparative with the other mm-hmm. women, that's actually just not going to be in your favor. Mm-hmm. But if you are understanding, there's no reason to be comparative because they're so different mm-hmm. from you. Each person is so different. Mm-hmm. Then comes the empathy. Going back to your mm-hmm. question, I'm Love like, that. okay, right? Like, I understand why, um, right? Because it is, it, it is a competition, right? And 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 you are trying to get. Um, noticed by the editors mm-hmm. and making sure that you are um, building a platform or a case for why you'd be great as a, as a you know rookie in their magazine. And then when you become a rookie in their magazine, then that means you become like an ambassador of their brand, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so much more for you know for than just having your pictures taken in their magazine. You become mm-hmm. an ambassador and embodying what their what their brand stands for and their values and their mm-hmm. women empowerment values. And so. Um, definitely, right, you can sense that like, oh, okay, they spotlighted so-and-so this week or they featured so-and-so in their, you know, they have an app where all the applicants are interacting with one another. And I think in those moments, if you're so focused on why you didn't get selected or if you get a sense of competitiveness and jealousy, what you fail to then realize or appreciate is why that person was featured.
0: Mm-hmm. and then
1: suddenly it's like wait let me just actually read what this oh that is so cool that she has started an entire platform on body positivity and mm-hmm. that she uses um you know or this is like there's you know one woman who's amazing and and she i mean it's like she was in the military and she mm-hmm. is um an actor but then also she supports this amazing nonprofit organization of like you know domestic abuse survivors who Mm. now make beautiful jewelry it's it's like it's like wow like if you were just so consumed with comparativeness or jealousy you wouldn't even stop to appreciate why that person's being spotlighted because they're actually Mm. doing something amazing um and then there's that empathy of like okay this person's so different from me um And I should try to walk alongside them Mm -hmm. and appreciate what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I say all that as if like, that's like a perfect science and that's how it is. (laughs) And that's how every woman is. But I will definitely say, Caitlin, that I I learned that, you know, to go into a competition like this, Mm -hmm. which I I, I really, we keep calling it a competition. We'll just say go, you know, to enter anything that like means pursuing your dreams, like do it when you feel really good about your identity and who mm-hmm. you are. Because if you are if you are if you are, you know, chasing a dream because you think that dream is going to help define your identity, I'd like to believe, just from my own experience, I think that's going to be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. But if you are really happy with who you are, the contentment of that, even if, even if it's like a a fluid identity, but you're just like, I just, I know who I am Mm -hmm. and and knowing who I am means that I, you know, evolve over time. That doesn't matter, but knowing who you are, means that you're not chasing after a dream because that's going to solve your identity mm-hmm. crisis mm-hmm. right you're chasing after a dream because you believe that that's adding to that's reinforcing this identity or this mm-hmm. person that you're really excited about having become or that you're becoming mm-hmm. and i think that's why that experience for me um was really fulfilling and i don't and i'm, I'm really like I'll be the first to tell you if I was on this podcast and tell you like, Oh my gosh, like, Oh, I'm jealous, jealous. I felt so mm-hmm. insecure. I mean, I, the, you, you got to speak your truth if you're going to mm-hmm. tell your stories with mm-hmm. folks. But I think for me, one of the biggest wins was how content and confident mm-hmm. I felt in myself throughout that, throughout the search mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, of course you're disappointed if you don't advance. Of course you're disappointed sure. if you, you know, don't get, but, um, the I was just that that self-check, right? Of like, mm-hmm. okay, closing up the day or closing up shop or not getting the phone call back. And then just laying my head down and being like, I'm just still so content, and so excited about the day because we've all been there where mm-hmm. there was a time in your life where you weren't excited mm-hmm. about the next day.
0: Mm-hmm. You knew you
1: weren't content. And that that didn't happen. So I was like, okay, Nor, you did it at the right time in your life. So good for you. Mm.
0: I just absolutely love how you put that and shared that. I think that was kind of the the direction I was hoping you were going to go as far as like the comparison versus compassion, right? Of like, if you're moving towards your goals, that's the biggest defeating piece is that comparison, right? And oh, yeah. Uh, I also love the kind of insight behind really Sports Illustrated. It makes me so much more of a supporter, right? To know that they really are getting to know these women because you're right. I mean, um, I've seen it, some incredible women featured in those magazines. And I love hearing kind of and seeing the support um, of, you know, like the nonprofit, like that specific woman you were talking about. And I, I think that, you know, it also brings up this idea of like, I'm thinking, okay, you've done so many different things, right? So what is kind of behind that perseverance? So that's where I was kind of getting like, okay, she's talking about calling out that comparison versus the compassion, having that sense of, yeah, I'm content with who I am, even in that fluidity. And I think the other part of it that that really is impactful is with friendships, right? Especially like, you know, if you're, the other piece of what I'm thinking about, like the jealousy or the idea of the jealousy a lot, one of a big challenge for women nowadays is it is harder to make friends, right? Like we're not in school oh, as yeah. much anymore, right? It's hard yeah. to make friends. We get jealous of other women. We get in that comparison mindset. Um, I know even like kind of different in the aspect we're talking about, but like um, becoming a new mom, right? Like that was a really big one for me. I was like, what is mom shaming? Ooh, that's no fun. Oh, yeah. And like kind of figuring that piece out. And so I'm curious being around so many powerful women, right? And so many confident women that are exuding and, you know, going towards these big dreams. How, what do you feel like is kind of a way that you can embrace some of these female friendships?
1: That's such a great question. Um, and it's it's such a great question because having gone through that, mm-hmm. um, the, the first time I went through search, um, what it made me realize And actually, say out loud and actually write down Mm -hmm. was Am I the only one that feels that female friendships are just, you know, am I the only one that's sensitive about female friendships Mm -hmm. as we get older or as Mm -hmm. we get into different stages of life? And I really was like, Am I? It's like, this is crazy because Mm -hmm. you think, right? And like you said, in your school settings, that you make this core group of friends Mm -hmm. and that became part of my identity. Like I have my core group of girlfriends, and you know, we do not get in arguments and we mm. do not fight and we are so right or die and we're there for each other all the time. And you think that, oh, we've been friends for 10 years. That's a decade. That means we're gonna last forever. And then suddenly. It's like, okay, things are changing. People have become moms or people are evolving in their friendships, or, um, you know, geographically, we're just dispersing. And then we're all starting to pursue different things. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you start making new friendships, or suddenly the the same friends you would call, for relationship advice is now the friend that I'm holding back from and going. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if I should call this particular friend because last time I called, I got some weird vibes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so I get that, and I think what I didn't expect going in, and and I and and what I didn't expect going into um, something like the search, Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated search, was that I was going to actually make really, really good female friends. Mm. I just because I, I wasn't going in to make friends. I was going in to try to win to win a rookie. Sure, of course. Um, and but it it was a perfect time in my life to realize like, yes, at this stage in life, female friendships evolve and change. Mm-hmm. And we are not given an environment to make new female friends. But I think it's really important when mm-hmm. you're getting into different stages of your life, like I'm mm-hmm. nearing 40, that we do create those environments and that makes us more open to female Mm -hmm. friendships because I think more women than not want those female friendships Mm -hmm. because they're more mourning a past friendship from their Mm twenties or thirties that's changed, Mm -hmm. but we don't have a lot of opportunity. So I felt really lucky because I did not go in expecting that. And I came out of there with like, seriously, like great friends Mm -hmm. that before I would scoff at, I'm like, I've had friends for 15 years. So if I've mm-hmm. only known you for a year, that's nothing. But I consider them actually really good friends because we talk every day. We have this shared passion and dream. That's what got us to the Sports Illustrated search mm-hmm. competition. Um, but then we all just got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you still hear me, Caitlin?
0: I can. You're frozen, but I can hear you. Okay. So you you're good.
1: <laughs> so we all just got to really know each other as humans. And that mm-hmm. has been such a Like, I don't even want to call it a bonus. Like, that has just been such an awesome, awesome part of this experience Mm -hmm. because I think female friendships are so nuanced. Mm -hmm. And there is a sense of, I don't even know if it's jealousy, but it's comparison that Mm -hmm. happens. And whether it's intentional or unintentional, we're changing and shifting into new phases. And so, if you feel like you're on the receiving end of someone's compare, you know, comparativeness, Mm -hmm. you pull back Mm -hmm. and you start being a little more private because you don't want to expose too much of your life because you don't want them to feel Mm -hmm. jealous or feel competitive or maybe say something passive aggressive Mm -hmm. or you feel like oh, that's that's the seeds of toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. We always keep talking about toxic people or negativity, Mm -hmm. and if you're the one that's suddenly being jealous. You're like, oh my gosh, this was not like me. I was never like this. Why am I being this jealous person? Why am I not happy for my friend? Why am mm-hmm. I feeling this way? You feel, you know, badly that you're doing that. And then you can't stop it. So then you're like, you know, I'm just gonna pull away and avoid that person because that way I don't, I don't um feel jealous of them, but all that person thinks is, oh, you've just pulled away. Mm-hmm. And I think that. You asked, like, how do we cope with these things or cope mm-hmm. with, you know, jealousy? And and I cannot change someone else and what they're going through. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds trite, but it's so important for me to remind mm-hmm. myself that if I am feeling someone's negativity, I have to, you know, self-check. Did I mm-hmm. do anything to elicit it? Right, because we're all human, right? Absolutely. If I really don't believe I did, and if it's just my vibe, my energy, something about me is just not making that person feel great. I've had to accept it, and you've got to let it go. But I think to cope with that is also, you you know, your podcast is abundance alchemist. Like you have to remember that you have to find the abundance of friendship elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I was just listening to a podcast earlier today, and what they were talking about, um. And I, I guess that's all. I'm always listening to Jay Shetty, but it was Jay Shetty talking Love about it. how you deal yeah. with toxic people or do- to negativity. Sometimes the d- way to deal with that—I'm and I'm not saying that all your friends are toxic, but if you're sensing mm-hmm. comparison, um, you know, comparative tendencies or jealousy—focus mm-hmm. on the friends and the relationships that are giving you that positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And who cares if it's just one person? If it's just that one person that you know in your life that is just rooting for you that just wants the best for you Mm -hmm. focus on that relationship and instead of like like the breadth of so many people rooting for you celebrate the depth of that one person that's rooting for you and that Mm -hmm. really wants the best for you and sees that in you that's also abundance Mm -hmm. but i think we tend to feel like oh my gosh like Oh, what happened to all my friends or like, Mm -hmm. I I can't celebrate exciting news with all of these people. But if you can celebrate it with one person and they'll celebrate that good news with you day in and day out for as long as you're excited about it, you know, you're winning. You have abundance. Absolutely. Yeah. You have abundance.
0: Yeah. I love how you put that because I think that you put kind of this evolution of Becoming those female friendships or having those female friendships really into a beautiful light, right? It does start to filter out a little bit more, but we get to have these really beautiful, fulfilling friendships. And I saw a quote by you and it said, it's not about being a girl's girl. It's about being a woman's woman. And I think you just summed that up so beautifully because you talked about the maturity that goes into that understanding and the acceptance and the, the more like we go back to that kind of, um, very cliche, but it's the like attracts like. So if you're yeah. investing so much of yourself in that person that you're celebrating with and they're rooting you on, you're going to have more of that abundance you're going to feel more of that abundance, right? Instead of trying to almost fit in to somebody else's box because you're afraid you're going to hurt their feelings or you're going to increase their jealousy or their sense of comparison.
1: Yeah, exactly. 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 And I think Oh my gosh, you nailed it. Right. Like if you don't feel like you're in an environment where you can even, you know, because you I think we find ourselves like right, maybe something amazing that your child did, but you feel like you can't say that in front of someone else. Your intentions, if they're pure, like then, then find, find, find those friendships where you can, can celebrate that and can do that. And and I think. Also, there's a really big, and you're right. I did say that, like, you know, it's not about being a girl's girl. It's about being Mm -hmm. a woman's woman. Cause I think women, when we consider ourselves women, very different from girls. Mm -hmm. Um, We, we've, we've lived many lives, but Mm -hmm. we feel like we've entered womanhood, womanhood. Mm -hmm. But, but also, and I remember telling a friend this earlier this year that like my mantra for, you know, 2023 was, I think you have to accept and not expect
0: Ooh, I and, love that. <laughs> you know, and
1: it's it's just exe- and especially when it comes to our female friendships because mm-hmm. the 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 um the expectations we put on ourselves, the demands we feel from others whether our loved ones our children, our partners, our employers or I mean, just everything that comes um you know it's just so timely right i just saw the barbie movie last weekend I love and it. <laughs> everyone's talking about the monologue that america mm-hmm. america ferrera gave and it's so true just like we just put so much pressure on ourselves so if you're doing that you know know that your friends probably do doing going through that same thing mm-hmm. so um you know i think we have to just accept our friends our girlfriends or our you know female friends for where they're at on that particular day and not mm-hmm. expect so yeah. sometimes I have to tell myself that so that I don't change who I am. And what mm. I mean is not necessarily about changing who I am and celebrating the uh, myself, mm-hmm. but I I found um and that's why that, that's why I just really loved meeting the women that I met during the search competition too because you know when you have that shared shared passion so find people that are sharing a passion with you you can be excited about things unapologetically. Mm-hmm. And then then that makes them excited for you because you're excited for them with their their accomplishments. But I had found myself sometimes holding back my, you know, um, excitement or my kindness towards female friends because I was almost like taking stock of like, okay, well, they weren't excited for me about something that happened last month. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they didn't text, they didn't reach out to me or they saw something great happen. I know they saw it on Instagram, but they Mm -hmm. didn't really reach out. So, you know what, maybe that's just where our friendship is right now. But I, Mm -hmm. you know, and so like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I guess I don't have to shoot them a text or, you know, but I think that's so silly because now you're 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 fitting into their box the wrong way. Because if mm-hmm. your if your if your like natural instinct is to just be excited and shoot that person a text and say like, hey, I just like saw you like in this amazing, you know, ad. I saw I just saw you in a new campaign. You looked, do it. Mm-hmm. Because don't expect that. anything brought back. Just accept that, like, hey, that's not their vibe. Right now, but if you feel like doing it, do it. Just so that's why I had to tell myself, like, just accept, don't expect, because Mm. expecting is why I was holding back. Mm -hmm. So, and that's just not the way to be. Um, and, um, and I always think that I'm like, if I'm holding back, then that means that's a reflection of how I feel about myself. Like, if Mm. you can't be generous about being excited about other people's accomplishments and milestones, then that means I better go check if i'm excited about my own life right so i was only Mm -hmm. doing myself harm by and don't get me wrong i'm not perfect at that like i like i say as if like i've like turned that corner, yeah (laughs) but it happens and you have to i have to remind myself um yeah
0: yeah All right. Well, we are running short on time, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. I enjoyed talking to you so much and getting such a beautiful perspective on um, all the different things that you've accomplished and talking about female friendships that are very taboo nowadays. So um, I appreciate you and to our listeners. I always appreciate your guys' time. I know your time is valuable. Um, and I appreciate you spending it here, listening to our, the podcast. So thank you again. I am going to put all of um, Norgen's information in the episode notes so that thank you guys you. can, uh, yeah, reach out to her and get more information and get in contact with her if you have any questions. And thank you again for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Caitlin. This was awesome. And listen, talking about female friendships, talking about empathy, you you um, you created such a safe space to do that. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that and everything that you stand for thank you
0: well hopefully we'll talk again soon and have a great rest of your day okay bye thank you for hanging out with me on the abundance alchemist podcast don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing until next time sending you so much love